This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our 94 WIP YouTube page. Check it out there, myself and Tucker Bagley. Put up a lot of our podcasts in video form. I'm doing this one today from Chickie and Pete's in South Philly as we get set for really what it could be and should be an incredible night in Philadelphia sports. And what a roller coaster weekend. I mean, Friday night, gut wrenching. Saturday night, the Phillies find a way behind Zach Wheeler to regain momentum in this series. We'll start some Phillies here, some thoughts on the series so far as we get to game six, of course, game seven tonight in the American League series, and we'll have a World Series possibly set by the end of tonight. And then we'll get to the Eagles from last night. A nice win, very nice win over the Miami Dolphins. The end certainly now with Jalen Hurts' knee. So a lot to get to on on this episode here today. But let's start with the Phillies. Okay, lot lot to go to here. Uh, I want to start more on the good because this team is up 3-2. They're a game away with two here in Philadelphia from clinching a second consecutive trip to the World Series. And, you know, Saturday night is and was really a great showing of what the Phillies and how they've built their baseball team. They built it on stars. And when you build it on stars, the stars have to deliver to get you to where you want to go. And the stars on Saturday night delivered. Zach Wheeler, who is one of the great pitchers in all of baseball, he's unassuming. He doesn't look it, doesn't talk it, and he just goes out there and dominates. We're watching the next Madison Bumgarner. We're watching the next Josh Beckett. You know, every five, 10 years or so, probably 10 years or so, a pitcher arrives that dominates the October scene, unlike very few ever have. And that right now is Zach Wheeler. He is absolutely money in the postseason. The Phillies needed length, and they needed an excellent start out of Zach Wheeler. They got both. Even when he gave up the home run late in the game to Alec Thomas, he just shrugged it off, no emotion, boom, Got a, got a couple outs after, like it's nothing. That's how good this guy is. The numbers are staggering. He has been every bit an ace for the Phillies since the moment he arrived, and he continues to be one of the best big game pitchers I've ever seen. I mean, you you could put him up there with Schilling, with Beckett, with Bumgarner, with Pettit. I mean, you go to anybody. I obviously want to go back before then, go back before then. I'm just on the last 30 years or so. Put him in there. Put him in that conversation. Like, if you have a big game, who do you want on the mound? You you want Zach Wheeler and maybe a handful of others ever on the mound to start a playoff game. That's how good this guy has been. Incredible. Schwarber, 
does it again with a home run. He now has passed Reggie Jackson the most home runs ever by a left-handed hitter in the postseason. It's remarkable how the guy's a stone-cold winner. And and the LCS, there's nobody better. He is a stone-cold winner, Kyle Schwarber. And I believe every day continues to build a Hall of Fame case for himself. You can throw his batting average into the Schuylkill. I don't care. This guy in a big game, I want him at the plate. He is a leader. He is a winner. His power numbers in the postseason are off the charts. You know, you look at the guys that are ahead of him now on the list, the all-time list of postseason home runs. There's not many. But you look at that list, you know, with Manny Ramirez and with Altuve and with Springer. You look at that list and Bernie Williams. All those guys have way more postseason at-bats. To do what he's done in the few at-bats he's done it, and he's had more to come. Tonight, we'll see if there's a Game 7. I don't think there will be. A World Series. And the rest of his career, there's a real chance he ends his career with more postseason home runs than anybody in the history of baseball. That's how dynamic this guy is in the month of October. And of course, Bryce Harper. First to steal of home in the first inning. Lo- love the, um, you know, kind of the, just the old school baseball of that play. And that's not a dirty play. That's a baseball play at home plate. Anyone whining about a dirty play is silly. That's a baseball play at home plate. And of course, late in the game, another home run. Bryce Harper continues to do what he does, which is just play outstanding baseball in the month of October and be a money player for the Phillies. And now the Phillies will shake off what happened on Saturday night, on Friday night, and try to finish this thing here. Now, the other side of the Phillies coin is the issues they have in this bullpen, particularly Craig Kimbrell. And I'm, I'm of two minds on this. One, Rob Thompson deserves blame for how he handled game number four and how he managed that game. But the other element to all this is Dave Dombrowski, who we give a lot of flowers to because he's built the, you know a lot of this team. And, and he certainly put the finishing touches on what was a decent team, but not a championship team. But... The Phillies are managing and trying to manage with one arm tied behind their back. They really are. They have two pitchers on this roster that the manager refuses to use that have fallen behind Craig Kimbrell on the depth chart. So if they're not willing to use Lorenzen and Walker unless it is a blowout or extra innings, you can't have both of them on the roster. You don't need both of them on the roster. You, You just don't. You don't need both. You need one of those guys. You need one Kyle Gibson on the roster. You don't need two Kyle Gibsons on the roster. You know, Lorenzen was a trade, the, the big trade deadline acquisition by Dombrowski to be a starter to help kind of keep everyone fresh down the stretch, six-man rotation. But then he was a reliever in the past, so he could, he could transition and do that. Well, he has no trust from the manager. The manager doesn't want to use him in these spots, and it makes the bullpen games harder to manage. So, yes, we could blame Topper for how he managed it, but he's also managing with you know one hand tied behind his back because two of the guys in his bullpen he doesn't want to use. So once you go down the path and you're like, all right, I'm going to take Sanchez out at this point in the game, how do you cover the innings? You can't cover the innings without using Kimbrell and without using Kirkering, who they didn't want to use for a third straight day, if you're not going to use Walker and, and Lorenzen. I mean, you, you're starting to just chop off guys you are actually actually going to use in these games. It's a big thing. So I, I think that is something they have to reconsider for the World Series is, is how they maneuver this bullpen. I mean, I'd rather have Bilotti up here. Get him up from, from stay-ready camp. I mean, seriously, Brogdon. I, I don't care. S- someone else, at least so in a bullpen game, there's another option there if Kimberly has gone this bad this fast and you can't use him anymore. But I, I thought, yes, we could blame Topper, but let's not let, let Dombrowski off the hook. His $72 million starter is not being used at all. He's a cheerleader in the postseason. And Lorenzen, the big trade deadline acquisition, 
is below Craig Kimbrell on the depth chart. Think about how little faith all of us have at Craig Kimbrell right now. Well, there's two guys in this pitch on this pitching staff that are below him on the depth chart. Remarkable. It is remarkable. The other thing is, you know, Bohm continues to hit cleanup. I don't like it. Uh, I think if the Phillies do not win the World Series, we will look back and say, how in the world did Bohm and Stott hit above Real Muto and Castellanos all of October? It really, it's becoming egregious. And I, and I, I hope, I hope I'm wrong on this. And Bohm is a big World Series, finishes off to the, you know, the NLCS with a big night. I just, I, I think he's in a bad way in his, in his own head at the plate. A few of his hits the last, you know, three or four games have been infield hits. It's not like he's hitting the ball super hard. I'd get him out of that cleanup spot. I'd get JT there, who's hot. You know, Castellanos has fallen a little bit off now, so you want to put JT there, I'm fine with it. But it, it really cannot be Alec Bohm anymore. Loyalty feels like the Achilles heel for Rob Thompson. That is his Achilles heel. He is too loyal to some of these guys. Will that change? I would guess it wouldn't, as they're about to cleanse their second consecutive panic. Game six on Monday night. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And of course, there's the Philadelphia Eagles. Big time, big time win last night. That's a statement victory for the Eagles last night against the Miami Dolphins. Look, their defense, you know, we'll start with Sean Desai because he deserves a ton, a ton of credit for what they were able to do last night. You know, to hold that team down to the way they did, and I understand, you know, I'm not going to pretend that the Dolphins didn't have injuries. They did. I mean, both, now this is the other side of the ball, but both corners down, Long, who made a, bit, a lot of big plays with linebacker down, but then offensively, they were down Waddle, who was in and out of the game, their left guard who went out in the game, their left tackle, their center, their best running back. It's a lot uh, to, to go on the road. So that's the reality of it. Let's not pretend that's not true. That being said, Miami was in and out with some of these guys, including the running back, the offensive lineman in past games, and they were putting up 40, you know, like it was nothing. And to get shut down the way they did yesterday, I think it was the first time a game Tua has started and finished with McDaniel. They didn't get, you know, they didn't put up a decent amount of points. I mean, that's the lowest total they've had with Tua playing, starting and finishing an entire game with McDaniel as a coach, excuse me. So Sean Desai deserves a lot of credit because the Eagles had a lot of performances that were good over the last couple of years with Jonathan Gannon. They didn't have any against a big-time offense that was that good in a very long time. Big-time night for Sean Desai in the defense. And, you know, with the way he's coached this defense up, if they could get a little bit of health, and then now we can go out and get a trade for a safety because Edmonds can't play, Brown is very green, you know, get blanket chip and another safety back there and or a corner, though I think they might be able to piece together slot corner, but they need another body in the secondary. If Howie can go get it, when you combine what they have up front, which is excellence, they're going to have a chance to have a championship defense. That's what I saw last night. As far as some of the defenders that stood out, look, Reddick and Sweat wrecked the game. They took turns. You know, Reddick against the run early, the pass, Sweat against the pass, dominance from the outside rushers. And last night, Jordan Davis, the rise from last year to this year is remarkable. And last year, he reminded me of Vince Wilfork. He was controlling gaps all by himself, even had a little bit of pass rush wiggle, two and a half sacks now on the season. When Hugh and I had him on the midday show, 
in the summer from training camp. He talked about wanting five sacks as his goal. Well, he's well ahead of pace. I mean, they're six and one, seven games in. He, they have 10 games to go, and he has two and a half sacks. So it really an outstanding, outstanding effort by Jordan Davis. Offensive side, what more do we say about A.J. Brown? My goodness gracious, A.J. Brown. Another game of 125-plus yards for the Eagles wide receiver yesterday. Five straight ties. Calvin Johnson for the modern record. They could get it on Sunday if they're able to throw the football. You know, And we'll get to why they, they might have some troubles with that coming up this Sunday. But what a night. I mean, there's a clear number one. I can't believe how many people try to tell me A.J. Uh, A.J. Brown was the number two or not as good as Devontae Smith. It's not even close. I mean, it is not even close. A.J. Brown is this team's one. And the numbers he's putting up right now are really off the charts. I mean, you look at it, first seven games, A.J. Brown, 52 receptions for 809 yards. First seven games for T.O. in 2004, 42 receptions for 697 yards, 10 more catches, and well over 100 more yards for A.J. Brown through his first seven games that T.O. in 2004. Now, T.O. had more touchdowns by a pretty big margin early on in 2004, but still, that is a crazy, crazy start for A.J. Brown. As far as Jalen Hurts goes, well, there's a lot to unpack here, okay? So, oh, before we get to Hurts, I just want to give credit to Sirianni. The tush push, he almost made a really bad decision, Sirianni, punting from their own 26 in the fourth quarter. Punting back to the Dolphins would have been a losing, losing play. Going for the fourth the fourth and one, even on your own 26, when you have the tush push, that was the play. It led to the ceiling drive with a big catch by A.J. Brown. Good job, Sirianni. Now, as far as Jalen Hurts, on the field, playing, needs to stop turning the football over. Two more turnovers last night. The fumble bothered me, bothered me more than the interception. It got tipped. He's got to be better, though. I mean, the, inter- the, the turnovers are piling up to an egregious level for Jalen Hurts, and it's, it's uncharacteristic because he was so good at not doing that stuff in the past. Everything else, I thought he threw the football well. Big, deep shots down the field. Managed the game. Uh, I thought, for the most part, played a good game. You take the turnovers out, he's playing like an MVP at times. But the turnovers are a problem for this offense and holding them back from a greatness. I really do believe that. The other thing that could hold the Eagles back from greatness is – What's going on with Jalen Hurts' knee? Bizarre situation. I think we've all noticed he doesn't look as explosive this year. I've, I've felt that. Not running with as much authority at times this year. You know, going down whenever there's anything close to a big hit. Why? I don't know. No one really knows. Protecting himself. But then last night, he hurts himself towards the end of the first half. Last guy to come out of the locker room, Mariota warming up on the sideline, wearing a knee brace in the second half, all confirmed after the game. Hurts looked like he was grimacing as he ran off the field. He said he's dealing with something. And as I record this, about 8.30, 8.40 on a Monday morning, the Eagles-Commanders game this coming Sunday is the only game not on the board at FanDuel Sportsbook. And, you know, FanDuel is my book of choice. That's what I use. Some books will put up lines and then take them down or move them when there's an injury you know, significant injury concern. Fandle typically waits. Last year, they waited and then moved the line pretty fast on the Eagles-Cowboys game when Hurts had hurt his shoulder in Chicago. So I think is a really good tell on what's going on here. And there's uncertainty, obviously, because uh, this look-ahead was up yesterday. It was Eagles minus six. So when we get a line today, if it is Eagles anything different than that, and really with the commanders lost yesterday, Eagles win, this line probably, I think it should be in the seven range. Uh could be as high as seven and a half, but let's say seven. So if if you if you see a four and a half out there, a four out there, um, 
even yeah, I would say four and a half or five to four, anywhere in that range. There's some real concern he's not going to play. They might middle the line, but Jalen Hurts is banged up, and this is life with Jalen Hurts. He reminds me of Steve McNair, who was always nursing something, and it feels like we're watching the same thing here. But this is tricky because it is a knee, and I'll never forget watching. RG3 got through a knee, and then he made it worse. So the Eagles had to be really careful here. They let Jalen play. He gutted it out, threw the ball well, but he gutted it out in Chicago last year. His pain tolerance is obviously remarkable. It's the next day. It's it's MRI. It's swelling. That's when things change, and you wonder what we're dealing with here. Hopefully he's okay, but with the Cowboys coming up in two weeks and a game against Washington this coming week, it it could behoove the Eagles to to play this conservatively. You know, they got to win against a really good team, can you afford a loss against the Commanders? Probably not when it comes to home field. But there's bigger fish to fry here, including Dallas in a couple weeks, then a bye, then Kansas City. So we'll find out how severe this is. We'll find out what's going on. He's hurt. I mean, he's obviously injured to some extent. Hopefully not a significant one. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following. What a wild weekend in Philadelphia sports. The down on Friday, the up on Saturday, the up on Sunday, and hopefully a clinch at Citizens Bank Park later this afternoon. If you listen to this earlier, we'll be at Chickies and Pete's 10 to 2 on Monday. Come on by, say hi. Go Phils. We'll talk tomorrow on WIP Daily.